0: Man, we, we joke all the time about Jabba, just Auburn being Auburn. I, <laughs> we saw that yesterday. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished
1: crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Ferg Friday to all those who celebrate. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us today. And Jay Ferg, it wouldn't be Auburn's kickoff to Fall Camp. Without just some crazy story happening, right? I mean, we we I guess we should have seen this coming. Well, I mean, okay, a little bit, but also like stuff like this
1: hasn't happened in a while around here. That's true. I mean, it is very minor, right? Totally. You know, when you when you talk about like when you hear like ah, oh, player got arrested, it can be really rough. Yeah, right. Very very minor situation here, but yeah, I mean, like I. I feel like this is, like, early 2010s kind of style Auburn stuff. Yeah, it's
0: kind of what it felt like. So, if you're living under a rock, Auburn quarterback TJ Finley, I'm using air quotes here for folks that are just listening on audio, um, got arrested, and um, everything's been taken care of. Really weird story where, like, he didn't know he was being pursued and got a, a ticket, but, like, I guess didn't realize it, and then, didn't pay it on time and so then once he became aware of it he handled it the correct way turned himself in paid what he needed to pay and and it's behind us now but a distraction nonetheless you hate it for tj because he had that really cool news not too long ago about um about the whole uh you know amazon nil deal and like i hope it doesn't impact that at all but I don't know. Like it, it seems like it's behind us. It seems like uh, I mean Brian Harson said as much. Does this mean anything, Justin?
1: I, I don't think so. I think it's uh it's a you know maybe a little embarrassing for for TJ Finley, sure. Finley and his family to kind of have to go through. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like you know a weird kind of like you know uh, you you hesitate to even call it like this big mistake or anything like that. But yeah, it was just. Something happened and you got to take care of it and put it behind you. But like the way it gets because of all the legal stuff around it, it's like when you see arrest for, you know, for evading the police, is like oh, it whoa, sounded what?
0: the headline yeah. was and yeah. the headline wasn't wrong. It, it, that's right. what it was. Um, but so more
1: details had to come out over the, yeah, over the day. Yeah, so, yeah. like,
0: nobody was clickbaiting. It wasn't incorrectly mm. reported or anything. It's just, it was no. a really unfortunate situation for T.J. Finley. When I saw the headline, my heart sank. I was just like, no, come on, T.J., you got a chance to go back and, you know, fight for the job. And, you know, you had the Amazon thing with NIL and all that. I was like, come on, come on. But it seems yeah. like it's going to be okay. I, yeah, the I'm way. Ahead, yeah, Kirk.
1: yeah, you were, you were, you were, I think you were about to say it. Brian Harson, right? Said, asked about it, Hey, he's gonna be out of practice, they're aware of it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll just be one of those things that you just deal with. Um, but he's gonna be out of practice. The funny, funny story is so Thursday they had um media availability, and we talked to both the coordinators and, and Harson, which we'll obviously talk about here in a moment. But right. as I'm walking into the complex, is the moment TJ Finley got to the complex. Oh, yeah, and so yeah. it was just like one of those things where it was like. Oh, he's not in trouble. He's right here. Like <laughs> it was one of those things where you were like, "Okay, all right." So, and then when Harson just said, "Yeah, he's gonna be practicing," it's like, "Yeah, we're done here." Like it's it's you know, yeah. Again, I'm sure, kind of the negative public. I, I, it feels like Finley is, is like trying to combat some of that negative public, which I get, which I which I understand. Um, uh, but it's just like, yeah, this thing will die. This will, you know, the news cycle about it like lasted like 45 minutes, and mm-hmm. so you know, people will poke fun at it and be like, "Oh, it's Auburn or nah?" It's just you know something minor that happens and, and, uh, you know, I think everybody will move on from it.
0: Right. Yeah. Everybody put out their story about the initial news and then everybody put out the story of his lawyer's statement and like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just a a traffic thing.
1: And then the, and then Auburn police released a thing of like their Mm -hmm. version of the events. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just the timeline, the, the way it kind of sounded to me is like, Hey, he was driving through without a helmet on. Right. On, on, on the moped cop turned his lights on he kept going mm-hmm. there was a there was it seems to be a situation where the, you know he, he went back to get it or something like that so that's where the second count comes in and it's like hey man you got a warrant out because you, you know <laughs> you, you went away from a cop that was trying to pull you over for lack of a better phrase yeah. And it's like, okay, well, now go take care of it. And, you know, it seemed to be pretty, pretty easy.
0: Yeah. Had several people DM me and DM the show pages on social and, and all of that saying, like, oh, well, that, you know, the, the quarterback battle is decided. I do not think nah. that is true. I don't think it's true. It, if it, it, I don't think it's any different than it was 24 hours ago. Um, no. Now, I'm kind of in the camp that, like, I don't know how much of a quarterback battle there actually is. This fall, I'm still in that. I was in that camp before. I'm still in that camp now. But TJ's shot of winning the job did not increase or decrease. I don't think because of all of this.
1: TJ Finley doesn't win the starting quarterback job. I don't think this situation is going to have anything to do with it. I think it's the best way to best way to sum all of it. Agreed.
0: Now, I do think it answers the question of which I've never asked myself this. Maybe you have, Jay Ferg. But could TJ Finley fit on a moped because he's massive? (laughs) The answer yeah. is yes.
1: I <laughs> will tell you, I tell you, the scooters that uh, Auburn athletes move, you know, travel around in. I mean, I've seen some big old dudes on them. Um, the basketball team uses them all the time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and those things can fly. Mm-hmm. So I can understand where the helmets. Kind of one of those things where, and again, it's sure. probably more of a motorcycle, motorbike, moped than like those. But those those little electric scooters they wheel around on campus. Those things can fly too. So I'm sure, I'm sure, whatever the vehicle was. Yeah, you can uh, you can make a <laughs> make some pretty good speed on. Yeah, him. they're
0: carrying a lot of man with that too. So, but oh, no okay. props to TJ for handling it the right way and he didn't go to social media to like instantly try to defend himself or anything like that. Like, props to him. I think I think he handled it the right way. Um, the way everything happened and a lot of Opera fans said some really nasty stuff to him. So I hope um, yeah, I, I hope they yeah. rethink that.
1: Uh, hopefully, I mean, you, you 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 hope all that, but it's just it's a minor thing. One of those kind of things like, right. you don't want to, I, I don't even know if I necessarily want to call it like a college kid kind of thing, or it's just like, yeah, you know, it's just Whatever. their side kind of paints it as like, it was a misunderstanding. The police have been like, Hey, you know, we, you know, we got to take care of this. And it's like, okay, all right.
0: Yep. It's, May, it's done it it's the traffic,
1: in the grand scheme of things. It's traffic violations. Yeah. It's like Right. Yeah. I
0: think all of us have dealt with that in the past. We right. just weren't quarterbacks at,
1: <laughs> at, at, at a major university.
0: Sure. Sure. All right. We're, uh, We're going to put that behind us. That probably won't ever be brought up on the show again, but there we go. That was a story, so we needed to react to it. But also, Brian Harson and then the uh, Kisau and Schmetting, everybody spoke to the media yesterday. Some big picture takeaways coming up in just a moment. And a player that kept being brought up, and Justin Ferguson has written about this player. A lot. We'll tell you who that is in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. But first, gotta tell you about our friends at BetOnline.net. They are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs and getting involved in the action. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, games, and more. The preseason for the NFL started last night. Yes, you can gamble and get in on the action for preseason. Do it, do it. And the best place to do it is at Bet Online. Betonline, where the game starts. All right, Jay Ferg, so uh, Donovan Kaufman mm-hmm. kept being, I mean, he, he was brought up by pretty much everybody yesterday, and f- coaching just kind of went out of their way to bring him up talking about how he has that professional approach to the game. You wrote about him a few weeks ago at, at the Auburn Observer uh, in a newsletter. It just kind of confirmed everything you've been saying about this guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of your key key players this year. A defensive back, they look at him as a leader, kind of the quarterback of the defense on yeah. that back side. Um, I think he's going to play a ton of nickel, which is very helpful because that will keep Nehemiah Pritchett mostly on the outside, which I think yes. is the best best case scenario for all parties. You do wonder kind of about the depth of nickel. But, yeah, that safety in certain situations, uh, he's going to be he's going to be your uh, your your kind of key man back there. I know guys like Smoke Monday and Darius Knight and have more snaps. Zion Puckett also had more snaps in him last season this dude's going to be one of the one of the key guys they look at him as like I said they look at him as a leader mm-hmm. and uh it'll be interesting his versatility and his experience I think will go a long way for this for this
0: defense right so it's interesting if he is going to be primarily at nickel which is I think expected I don't think it's a shock but it is interesting right. what it does to the cornerback rotation we assume he and my Pritch is going to get a ton of snaps mm-hmm. heard nothing but good things about DJ james. I'm, I think you're high on uh, Jalen Simpson as well. Uh, I, I certainly mm-hmm. am. That battle becomes more interesting to me if you do that. Mm-hmm. And then also, the safety situation, like, that's not really decided yet either. So the fact that he's at yeah. a, a Nickel, you know, that's kind of the no man's land of guy that could be a, you know, a, you could put a corner or a safety there. That just makes those battles more interesting over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, and I would imagine that they will still use corners at Nickel. Like, uh, yeah. you know, Jeff Schmetting mentioned J.D. Ram is a guy that can play there. Uh, guy, he mentioned Bridget again. He mentioned, like, guys that corners that kick inside there. Uh, but, yeah, it's that sec- it's that safety spot with Puckett that will be very interesting to me to see. Craig McDonald makes a ton of sense there, obviously, is uh Iowa State guy that came in, played a ton uh, last season for Iowa State in a number of different positions. I think he's very similar. He's bigger. He's, he's definitely bigger. I think he's very similar versatility-wise to a Donovan Kaufman. If you go back and watch him at Iowa State, played a lot in the slot, Mm -hmm. played box safety, played free safety, so he's kind of a a plug him anywhere, uh, you know, kind of guy. And then also you got the number one JUCO safety in the country this past year, Marquise Gilbert, who was through spring ball. And then, you know, I I would be surprised if either of these guys start. So keep that in mind, but uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, The good springs for Caden Bridges and. Caleb Wooden. Like, how did they build off of them in fall camp? Um, and are those guys that you can count on this year? That'd be very interesting to see. I like Caden Bridges a lot. Uh, I like Caleb, I, I like Caleb Wooden as well. But mm-hmm. the thing with Caden Bridges is he I'm gonna say this and people are gonna be like, What? Uh he he strikes me a lot like uh like Seth Williams. And what I mean by that is this this is a dude who was a multi sport athlete in high school. He was really good at baseball as as is football. You get that freshman year, you kind of get you know used to college football. Usually, for those guys, those later bloomers, mm-hmm. those guys who spend a lot of time playing a lot of different sports, that second year when you are homed in on just one sport and one event and you know one position, basically, you can see them sh- shoot up. We saw that in Seth Williams' uh, sophomore year. It's been countless examples of that throughout the years at Auburn. Caden Bridges might not be a guy who starts because of that, but he's huge. Yeah, and I really like the development potential he's got.
0: No, that's interesting. That's an interesting comparison there. When they said J.D. Rim. Did that surprise you at all? When's the last nope. time we've seen It didn't surprise you. When's nope. the last time we've seen a freshman be productive at the Nickel spot? Who, um, That's just such a hard position to play.
1: Ladarius Tennyson? I, yeah, like got in got in there at Nickel. Uh his his, his, his I'm trying to remember. But that was only Christian like w-
0: when, when Tut got hurt, right?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember if Tut was a freshman contributor at Nickel as well. Wasn't Tut Tuck,
0: an outside guy first and then they moved him inside?
1: They moved, they moved guys around. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know because, like, when you think of nickel at Auburn, it's like guys that they moved mm-hmm. into there at time. Um, you know, Rudy Ford, obviously running back before he became a nickel, right? Um, yeah, no, but like they like Rim a lot and they should. He was a really good prospect. Um, and uh, you know, coming from uh, uh Valdosta, um, you know, great football pedigree. Uh, yeah. coming in, he got that spring ball to kind of get used to everything. Physical, very physical uh, type of guy who's known for his coverage ability. But I go back into spring ball, there were defensive linemen in spring ball that were like, yeah, this dude stuck somebody on a goal line stand, and we were like, whoa, like Mm -hmm. for a freshman to do something like that. So, yeah, man, If again, probably not a starter there. If he is a starter there and he can contribute, I mean, good gracious, you'll love that. You'll take that. But somebody can get get some snaps there? Yeah, especially with the way Auburn's schedule is set up where you can ease guys into it with, with the way everything is kind of laid out.
0: Okay, explain what happened to me with the Jeremiah Wright situation. Was, okay. he, was Has he always been on defense since he moved back? Was that an error, or was he actually on, on O-line, then moved back to D-line again?
1: So he is listed on the official roster as offensive line. That is not correct. Got that it. will be changed probably here in the near future. Yeah, he's back on defense. Now, he was on offense in the spring, mm-hmm. then in the summer— had conversations, kind of a similar situation to the J.J. Pegues thing from, from a couple years back, where it's like you have that you have that conversation well, – I guess last year with Pegues, Uh you have that conversation with him and it's like, hey, man, you know, we both kind of think your future might be better. You know, both sides kind of felt like the future was better for him at defensive tackle uh, than offensive tackle. Interesting. It's an interesting move. Wright played a little more guard than tackle on offense. So, you know, maybe the mm-hmm. future – it was kind of a little bit more settled there than it is on that, you know, on the outside. But yeah, defensive line, huge guy. Obviously, uh, was a guy that um, a lot of people liked on defense before he tore his ACL last year. Uh, so yeah, Jeremiah Wright will be a defensive lineman, and and according to Jeff Schmetting, is like, yeah, he's going to be in the middle for us. I would expect him to be kind of one of those guys they look at it knows because he is just gigantic. Yeah, uh, you know, for his age.
0: Yeah. That yeah, that defensive line room is just so fun to talk about. I mean, you can mm-hmm. you you could list out two and a half like starting units where you're like, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. So this is how deep they are. So um and then the offensive line situation. Man, yeah. when Brian Harson was asked about that, he was pretty um he defended those guys. Talked about how like, you know, they really yeah. they, they really a bit. they really kind of beefed up and you know, they did get, yeah, yeah. They they did get pushed around a little bit, and you know he he wants folks, you know he wants to be the 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 team that's pushing the other team around. So I I guess he did kind of call him out to to an extent there, but he he
1: said he said we've got guys like I like our dudes. I, I think I think they there there were times last season where they looked good. It's just we got to be a whole lot more consistent and we got to be a lot more physical. Yeah, sounded like Jeff Pittman, his pet project this summer was like, all right, you got to get it. And, and it, and it makes sense. This was something that um. Actually, one of my readers brought up brought attention to me a couple of weeks ago, and I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, to hear Harson talk about it today made a lot of sense. It's really kind of clicked. It was like, you gotta keep in mind when Gus was was your was your head coach. Your offensive line was not necessarily big. Like there were big dudes, but like they weren't built to be like the biggest power power based yeah. guys in the world. Because you yeah you had to run a no huddle system, you had to get those guys moving. Now, if you're gonna huddle and play a little bit more pro style it's time to beat these guys back up again. And mm-hmm. that is kind of the way they have gone about it. They got to be more physical. They got to be more consistent. Yeah, I mean, Harson, yes, defended the guys, but then also was just like, you know, we just got to figure out which five can play together consistently because what we have done to this point is like not good enough. Yeah. And um, that's, a you know, every Auburn fan, uh, you know, on the planet was like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, that is true.
0: Thing. That is true. The first name he brought up was Brandon Council.
1: And the second name is the most interesting one to me.
0: Yeah, a guy that I didn't think would be a starter this year, but Cam Stutz, man, everybody you talk the to, summer of Cam Stutz. Yeah, everybody, everybody talks about. Cam yeah, Cam Stutz. So that's interesting. And then I think the third one he mentioned was Keandre Jones, which yep is not surprising at all. Not at so all. It's your
1: best offensive line. Can
0: all three of those guys start? I assume if you made all three of those guys start with Brahms Council's, staying Council's
1: probably going to tackle
0: right tackle probably right mm-hmm. with Zaire at left is that is that what you're thinking
1: yeah I mean and and I, that if Stutz is a starter the whole thing can change like I mean I, I, I'm 100, i 100 100% believe like if Stutz is one of your best five yeah I think you have Jones locked in at right guard probably and then everything else could be could be moved around right and because then at that point, you were dealing with guys. I mean, you just want consistency. You want guys that can kind of...
0: Is council deliver. guaranteed a starting spot? Do you think? I don't think anybody's guaranteed a starting
1: spot. I I don't think anybody is guaranteed. I think we, we have our guys that are kind of... You don't mean I, that.
0: Nick I, Brahms I, is, right? Is there any way Nick Brahms doesn't start?
1: I, I would be surprised, right? Yeah. I would be surprised. Him and I, I think him but and Keandre.
0: like, I, I think those guys think, are yeah, starters.
1: Yeah, but competition pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Uh, is what Brian Hart says. It's like, I, I honestly think, like, it, when you have seven or eight guys, it's like, all right, let's find the best five and then then we'll deal with it there. Brahms makes sense because he has a ton of experience at center, right? Kendra mm-hmm. Jones, again, like, I think is right. So that's probably your two. But yeah, I'm not, again, nothing against Castle, nothing against Trasel. not even anything against Brahms. But it's a, co- a comment that I heard earlier today that kind of makes sense when it comes to Kendra Jones and Cam Stutz is like, okay. Those three guys I just mentioned, six-year guys coming back, you would expect them to be starters. They all have pretty rough injury histories, right? And the thing that Stutz and Jones have is that they've had clean bills of health in their in their careers. And, like, that could be an advantage. That could be. I'm not saying this is what's going to win them the job. Yeah. But when you hear about those guys kind of standing out, it's like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. These other guys have dealt with devastating <laughs> injuries, and, like, those aren't always the easiest things the world will come back from. You know, Austin Choxel and Nick Brahms were really good high school offensive linemen. They've had moments at Auburn where they've been really good offensive linemen, but it's, you know, there's been a lot of the same way. It's just the injuries, like you've got to wonder if things start to pile up a little bit. But so when you, when, when all that kind of comes in, a guy like Stutz, who has waited his time, right, and he has spent four years learning behind these guys, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little, little bit, a little bit fresher legs might be able to turn it loose a little bit in camp.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's super interesting. I think it's... Very I, interesting. I said this earlier in the week, we did a best-case scenario type thing for every position group. And for the offensive line, I said I wanted to see a bunch of different types of looks early in fall camp because they need to f- try as many different things as possible. It seems like and, that may be happening.
1: And I'll say this also. With Cam Studs, it might be a situation where, no, the the usual suspects do start. You have you know, say Zaire, Council, Brahms, Jones, and Troxel from left to right this season. Okay. Well, okay. You still need studs, right? Because what happens when somebody goes down? You got to have six, seven, and eight ready to roll. And if he's kind of emerged as a guy that's like, well, he's not a starter because you can only start five, mm-hmm. but he's starter quality. So he did because as we've seen, you're going to have a year or you're going to have times during the year where guys get hurt on the offensive line. It's just the most brutal position in the in the sport. Yeah. And keep in mind, Keandre Jones was the only offensive lineman for Auburn last season that started every game. That like this position chews you up. And so you need guys like Stetson. Right? You need guys like Alec Jackson and you need guys like uh, uh, I think I'm blanking on it, Brandon Coffee. You need guys like yeah. that who are a little bit older, like, to be ready. And then if any of the younger guys can kind of step up with them,
0: you yeah. know, you
1: feel better about the situation. Yeah, like
0: Garner Langlow or something like that, right?
1: Oh, yeah, Tate Johnson.
0: Totally. Uh, you know, yeah, Colby Smith, guys like that. Yeah, yep. for sure. No question about it. All right, we got some clarity on how a certain player will be used in 2022. There were questions on. And also, Coach Kiesel, um labeled one guy as potentially the most improved player in the entire offense. We will talk about that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Well, I want to encourage folks to check out the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is uh, free to join. All you have to do is click the, uh, the link in the episode description down below, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast app. Justin Ferguson, before we move on to our final topics of the day, how can yes. people sign up for the Auburn Observer?
1: Well, listen, it's the best time ever literally yes. to sign up for The Observer. I mean, we're going to have, by the time you're listening to this, we're listening to this on Friday morning, we're at practice observations Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. There's a brand new podcast you can listen to. we got a brand new podcast with our buddies, uh, Pablo Escobarner on Twitter and uh, Dave McKinney. They're awesome. going to be doing like a fan kind of focused podcast with Painter. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, we've got basketball on Sunday. We've got basketball on Monday. There's going to be a ton of observations, a ton of newsletters, a ton of podcasts. Here's where here's where it gets gets interesting for you guys. If you've never subscribed to the Observer before, if you want to be a first-time subscriber, throughout fall camp from now until week one of the college football season, you will get the first year, your first year of the Observer for just forty-five dollars a year. Wow, forty-five dollars, not the sixty. We're doing twenty-five percent off. It's the lowest deal we've ever offered. So forty-five dollars for your whole first year if you sign up anytime really between now and week one. So this is the perfect time to do it. It's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of podcasts, a lot of newsletters. We're going to be cranking out a, a ton of stuff between basketball and football. So this is a great time to get on board. Auburnzero.com Sign up. You don't need a link. You don't need a code. You don't need anything like that. Just if you ever, whenever you try to subscribe, that $45 a year offer will be available to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's almost worth it just for fall camp, if I'm being honest with you. The- there's,
1: there's going to be a ton of stuff. And then basketball, like we're, we're I mean, I've, had all the observations from the yeah. first game. I planning on doing the same thing for game two and game three.
0: Yeah. So be sure to check that out. Auburnobserver.com. It's that easy folks. All right. Uh, Joko Willis. We got it confirmed. He's kind of doing that hybrid role thing. We speculated because of that one picture <laughs> where the edge guys were yep. with coach rock. Um, but yeah, so he will be playing that hybrid role. So, so that is, that is correct. Do you, do you envision that being, uh, do you envision him spending more time there? This season, oh, yeah. then at linebacker, yeah, same. Yeah, same.
1: He has kind of
0: been the blitz specialist,
1: mm-hmm. um, and so it makes a ton of sense to put him out there like that. And it's like, hey, man, we if we need you to throw out there a few snaps and play edge rusher and just go pin your ears back and go after the quarterback. He is perfect for that role. I think so too. It, you get him. You have Marcus Bragg in now, and you're developing, uh, of course, Dylan Brooks uh, to to be a guy contribute this year. It's not the most, it's not the most secure situation in the world, obviously at edge. Uh, but if those guys stay healthy, you feel a lot better about that group now, especially if Joko can give you something.
0: Yeah, I like Joko as the fourth edge guy. I'm cool with that. I think that's yeah, fine.
1: Yeah, and, and I think his I think his skill set is made for it. Might not be body wise the typical edge mm-hmm. rusher. Yeah. Uh, but you know we've seen really good edge rushers or guys really be really good blitzers, really good sack guys without being big dudes. I mean there was. I, I always go back to—the one guy I always go back to when I talk about, like, little guys who can get after the quarterback, I always go back to James's, uh uh career at Florida State. Interesting. It's kind of how they used him early on. I mean, because it was just like, we will put you anywhere, brother. <laughs> just yeah. go get somebody. Yeah, you're too good um, not so to be on the field. got some yeah. of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, so— And you, you talk about, guys. like,
0: the value of a roster spot, though, right, Jay Ferg? I mean, he, yeah. he may be the fourth-edge guy. He may be the fourth or fifth linebacker and mm-hmm. he's a pretty good special teams player. Like, that's... It's a great like, special teams player. You, you, yeah. you don't get a lot of, like, recognition, but, like, the coaching staff probably loves Joko Willis because he makes the oh, team yeah. better.
1: Yeah, and I think that linebacker spot's going to be really interesting. Obviously, Owen's your guy. He's the alpha there at the position. Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner are like this when it comes to uh, what people are talking about him this offseason. Hearing a little bit more, um, you know, uh, uh, about some other guys kind of making that that step up at linebacker eugene asante yeah you, you gotta got bring the, him you, up yep yeah you got the eugene asante thing also uh, you know harson brought it up missed good stretches of the spring yeah um uh with, with his father passing away
0: i had no you idea know, from that that's that's terrible
1: i had no idea yeah I, I don't think anybody really did um so but they seem pretty uh uh, pretty happy with the progress he's made over the summer. Desmond Tisdall's getting a little bit more buzz about him now. Mm-hmm. And then you've got guys like Ro- a guy like Robert Woodyard who is, you know, coming in. It's like, yeah, it might be hard to play year one as a as an inside linebacker in the SEC, but could you find a role? Yeah, why not? You were one right. of the best, best players. You were the best player Auburn signed in this class and Alabama wanted you. So you got talent,
0: kid. Yep. No question about it. All right. And then the the last thing Coach Keesau, when uh when talking about uh, Tavares Dawson, he said he might be the most improved young player in the yes. entire offense. We saw him, and, and I think I mentioned this to you a few weeks ago. Like, if you knew nothing about Auburn football and watched Auburn's eight-day game from this year, I think you would walk away from that being like, okay, Tavares Dawson's the number one receiver in the offense. That, mm-hmm. that That's just what it looked like. How much does that matter? I don't know. It's eight-day, but it sounds like there's some real, some real interest and some real excitement around him.
1: Yeah. No, this is. I mean, he is the official arbiter observer breakout pick of the year on on the offensive side of the ball. I'm okay. putting my putting my reputation on his shoulders. It's great. It worked in the past for Boo Willow. It didn't work so great with Matthew Hill, but yeah, um right. you know. So I, for, Tavares, I forgot all about
0: Matthew Hill. I forgot Tavares, about him as a human.
1: Tavarish Dawson, don't let me down. Um no, it, he's he's so fast and he is got really good hands. He's just mm-hmm. a smooth like it's just again a little different but it's like when you get those wide receivers that were like in high school it's like oh you were the best guy on our team you're gonna do everything for us <laughs> and it's like all right now we need to make you into a wide receiver just gonna be the, the best guy to give him that kind of training and that guy, kind of guidance i'm expecting big things out of him yeah you you've got shed you've got you know Malcolm johnson jr's got a lot of love uh coming in the year obviously Javarius johnson coy more of those guys uh but Big, big things. I think it could be on the way for Tavarius Dawson. And uh, as off said, dude thought he was going to play earlier mm-hmm. in the year. Um, you know, I know there was some COVID and th- some issues there. Um, mid-year, kind of hit that slump, and it just kind of feeling down. And things weren't going as expected. And then a light kind of switched on for him. And they say this, this, this offseason has been huge for him. I, I think, you, I think him and Lane and King are going to be guys that people are going to get really excited about this year.
0: And he was, uh, he was a fall fling last year. I mean, everybody throughout fall oh, camp yeah. was really impressed with him. He just, he just yeah, did And, and from
1: what, and from what I've heard, it's just, yeah, you had to kind of go into isolation with all the, all the COVID protocol and stuff like that. And that it, stinks. Just, it just kind of, kind of held him back. Yeah, no, it's, that's going to be a fun receiver room.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Jay Ferg, one more time quickly. How can people check everything out?
1: yeah auburnobserver.com click around there listen to our podcast we got free ones we got premium ones you can read previews of all the newsletters on the site and if you sign up like I said first year $45 lowest price we've ever done you can get that deal between now and the end of fall camp to get you ready to the start of the
0: season yep worth every penny folks be sure to check that out auburnobserver.com hey we may do another show on Saturday to uh, talk about Friday's practice maybe even Saturday's practice it depends what time I'm going out of town um Later this week. But yeah, be, be on the lookout for extra shows coming up on both on YouTube and on audio. Uh, but yeah, follow all of my written work at Auburn, uh, AuburnDaily.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. We will see you when we see you right here on Locked on Auburn.